At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. A terrible Tuesday here in the Windy City for many reasons, and for the city and state north of us, they would more so call it a terrific Tuesday. Welcome into the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, and if you don't know, of course, I am alluding to Aaron Rodgers signing a brand new deal with the Green Bay Packers. Not good for us Bears fans here because you know you got to deal with one of the greats for four more years. A $200 million deal that officially makes him the highest paid player in NFL history, according to Ian Rappaport. He gets a whopping $153 million guaranteed and his cap number goes down. $50 million a year. Packers now looking to franchise tag Devontae Adams. You had a glimmer of hope. It was very, very slim. But like we talked about here on the show, the further this went along, it seemed like, at least for myself, my thoughts changed a little bit. And I thought it made sense for him to leave or retire. Made sense in in the realm of, if you're doing this charade, you're probably leaving, right? And by the cryptic things he posted. But again, the more you thought about, the more like, yeah, you know what? He does have all the power there. The division's really easy. If they can clear up space, I think he'll want to make it work. So I switched kind of like last week or so and ended up thinking he'd stay with Green Bay. And look, that's just that's just the life of being a Chicago sports fan. But more importantly, the life of being a Bears fan. Packers always got to have a good quarterback. Could maybe have the division wide open now. 
if he were gone. The Vikings would be primed for a pretty solid spot to win it, but the Bears, of course, would still have hope. He decides to stay. He'll get 50 mil a year, and he'll more than likely get his guy Devontae Adams back in the mix with him. Now, you can be ticked off as a Bears fan, but let's be honest, again, this is still going to be a building process for this team and for this franchise, despite if Aaron Rodgers was there or not. You could, you could and probably should also be a little bit ticked off if you're a Broncos fan, but deep down, you probably knew that the chances were against you. you I, I feel like you'd have to be a little bit more pessimistic if you were a Broncos fan. Yes, you had all the building parts around it. You have a good receiving core. You you have every position pretty much solidified except for quarterback. But you are arguably in the toughest division in football. Derek Carr and the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And obviously the Chargers with Justin Herbert. One of the most stacked quarterback divisions in all of football is the AFC West. And despite how good your teammates are around you, All that matters is who is quarterback. All the top quarterbacks won their division this year. And that's probably going to be the case for year in and year out down the road. And that's why, once again, the Packers are going to be in a great position. They're minus $2 at Bet Rivers to win the NFC North. The Vikings at 3-1. The Bears at plus 800. And then the Lions come at 12-1. It's going to be one of those situations where, once again, people are like, ah, you know, if you're looking for some value, I think this could be the Vikings' year. It's not the Vikings' year. It never is. But I will say, with their new coaching staff, I actually do think they will make the playoffs this season. They have more than enough talent offensively, and they got an offensive-minded coach. I think they'll be really good. And I think they'll sneak a win against the Packers once again like they typically do. I'm just hoping the Bears can get that wild card spot, but man, it's going to be tough now. It was always going to be tough. I mean, to assume there's going to be three playoff teams from the NFC North, that is a a big stretch, I think you could call it. So I might have to adjust my prediction for the Bears this season. But again, going back to the Broncos really quick, you're still fine relatively. I mean, you're not fine because you're division, but again, you're getting a new coach in Hackett, offensive-minded. Can't hurt in this day and age in the NFL. And you thought that was going to help Aaron Rodgers come over. We talked on my show Rush Hour to some Broncos beat reporters. Man, I mean, they went all in. They were ready to go all in for Aaron Rodgers. They brought over Hackett. They were ready to do whatever they could do. Now, with that being said, you obviously have to consider with the Packers now, does this guarantee that they're going to be the best team in the NFC North? No, it doesn't guarantee it. I mean, it pretty much does. But you also lose your offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, to the Broncos. And you lose Luke Getze, who was obviously the former quarterback coach for the Packers. Helped a lot in their offensive scheming. So those are two big pieces you're going to miss in Green Bay. Does that mean they're going to be worse? I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, a hitch in their step, something around that kind of criteria. But realistically, they'll find a way to adjust like Rodgers did in the transition from McCarthy to LaFleur. They're going to figure out a way. When you have enough talent and enough athletes and playmakers, you'll find a way to get success. Packers now 10-1 to 
to win the Super Bowl and plus 450, which is the short shot to win the NFC. Above the defending champs, Los Angeles Rams. Above the 49ers, who are actually right behind them. Which is a little strange because they have an unknown commodity with their quarterback situation. Man, the NFC is wide freaking open. That's why there's speculations of Tom Brady returning. It's pretty much a cakewalk for Tom Brady to win the division. Assuming he would go back to the NFC South. NFC West would be tougher, but this is me speculating if he went to the 49ers, not that it would happen. But my point is, look, the NFC is wide open. So ultimately, that's why Rodgers decided to stay. You had comfort in Green Bay, familiarity, you had power, and you had the ability to become the highest paid player in NFL history. He poo-pooed those reports saying, no, it's not about the money for me. That's not what it, eh, it was about the money. And that's why that came out. But also, ultimately, he needs to win another Super Bowl for his legacy. He's a guy who obviously cares a great deal about what other people think. And the thing about Rodgers is as great as he is during the regular season, two MVPs, fantastic, man. His postseason record absolutely blows. He has as many NFC Championship wins as Rex Grossman. And you can name out every other ridiculous quarterback who's been in the same mix. Nick Foles, right? So there's a lot of issues with Aaron Rodgers in having success in the postseason. And he's looking at it like, all right, well, if I got to overcome that, is it going to be easier for me to do that in the AFC where you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert in your division just itself? And then aside from that, you still obviously have Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson, a lot of other quarterbacks that are coming about. In the NFC right now, you got Kirk Cousins. You got Matt Stafford. Sure, that's tough. Russell Wilson's unknown, but realistically, you'll have Wilson. But the Seahawks weren't anything this past year. The Cardinals, well, they're in a little bit of a shamble right now with Kyler Murray. And the 49ers have a complete unknown asset in Trey Lance. And what are you going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Presumably, he will be traded. And he's getting off-season surgery. Significant one at that. So the easy decision based on the money, based on the comfort, the power he has in the path to having success in the postseason was always going to be to stay with Green Bay. And sure, you could make the argument, I certainly did that him going to San Francisco would have been perfect and and would have given him the best shot. And I think you're right. However... Packers ain't trading him to an NFC team, folks. That's just That just wasn't going to be part of it. And still, I mean, the NFC West is one of the, if not the toughest division in football. But him and Shanahan, with their scheming, their players, yeah, he'd have great success there. But he chose to stay in Green Bay, and realistically, not as a Bears fan, coming unbiased, that was probably the best decision for him. If you can bring back Devontae Adams, which again, it looks like they will franchise tag him, they'll be fine. They've already tried to work around the cap space and restructuring contracts and letting players go and all that to get their key guys back. That's the biggest thing. I mean, Rodgers said that right after the playoff loss, right? I mean, he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. The Packers showed him based on the reconstruction of a lot of things and clearing up cap space that it wasn't going to be a rebuild. I'm personally shocked that it's a four-year deal. 
That's a long commitment out of Rodgers who goes back and forth in his head on what he wants to do every other week. Is, is That's at least what it seems like. This guy was about to retire. Rappaport said this was no easy decision. Rodgers considered retirement and the Broncos. In the end, the Packers got it done. It seems perplexing to me that you could not only be considering retirement last year, but this year again, and then you're signing a four-year deal? I mean, what is he, 38 years old? Look, I'm not saying he can't play into his 40s. He absolutely can. But that seems like it could have some instability around it. Especially if you were to suffer one significant injury, you don't think you would call it quits or I, that's so tough to recover from at this point. And we've seen him have significant injuries. I don't know, man. Four years is a lot. And you're in deep to Rodgers. If you're the Packers, you have to get a Super Bowl out of that. Could you imagine if they don't? You can because we've seen him be great and not come through in the postseason many a times. Look, if you're a Packers fan, you're happy. If you're a Bears fan, you're pissed, and rightfully so. Look, the thing that's a bummer is, well, we're hoping Justin Fields can take that step forward, and this would be a prime opportunity to do so if Aaron Rodgers were shipped out of the NFC. But you can't base your own team's, your own players' judgment and success off of one guy. Yeah, you'll see him at least two times a year. Okay, get at least one win against him. He's not going to control the Bears' narrative. And if he does, well, then the Bears don't have the makings to be a playoff team, a legit contender. And no one's saying they're a legit contender for the Super Bowl right now. Hell no. But I'm saying their goal should be wild card spot. And yeah, I get it. You see him more often than other quarterbacks, but it's still just twice a year. So there shouldn't be that much fear instilled in the Bears, in the Bears fan base from Aaron Rodgers. I know there is, and rightfully so. It's much deserved. Trust me. I, We all hate Aaron Rodgers. We know how dominant he is. He does own the Chicago Bears. But at the end of the day, if this team is going to have a new mantra, a new outlook, a new attitude, Rodgers can't be the guy who holds you back from having those things and committing to success. Yeah, they'll win the division. They'll have a better record than the Bears. That's obvious. But you control your own destiny. Aside from Aaron Rodgers. But it is what it is. Not surprising. Hopefully you're able to prepare for it. But a huge deal for Rodgers. Packers still going to be kings of the NFC North. Unless the Vikings can figure something out. But I do think the NFC North will turn to a very competitive division very soon. Even with the Lions, man. I mean, you saw them. They were losing a lot of games. But they were competitive. Dan Campbell has his guys fighting. They dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of adversity, and still had a lot of competitive games. So the NFC North ain't going to be a cakewalk for the Packers. Doesn't mean they don't deserve to be minus $2 as the favorite. They do. And they'll probably cash that. But it is going to be tougher. Rodgers is getting older. Maybe some of the players don't return. This ain't going to be a cakewalk like it was this past season. Again, yes, the Packers will win the North more often than not, but it's just not going to be as easy as it has been for Rodgers, at least in terms of this past season. But Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay, 
How are we feeling? Let me know at Danny Burke five on Twitter. Uh, aside from the Bears getting maybe not the best news with Rodgers returning, it's funny how it's highlighted more about how the Bears feel versus how the Packers feel. But at least that's my perspective as a Bears fan. And on a show called the Chicago City Cast. We're kind of bummed out about that as Chicago sports fans, but more so we are bummed in the moment about this Bulls team dropping yet another game. Bulls fail to cover seven. Sixers win 121 to 106. We're not shocked. We knew they were going to lose going into it. Again, it's just painful. It is just painful, painful, infuriating, aggravating. I don't know. It's all the above. Again, you didn't expect them to win this game. They had a slight lead for a second. And when you're watching a team play in every single like loose ball and shot, you're like, like kind of holding your breath when it's like the six you're shooting. You know you're not rooting for a solid team here in a team that doesn't deserve to be winning. Like back when the Bulls are healthier, they're playing, I don't know, just some crap team or some middle of the pack team. You can live with the opponents making a couple shots, Bulls playing a little sloppy because you're like, oh no, the Bulls will figure it out. Now, they don't have that kind of attitude when it goes against the Sixers, against the Hawks on the road, against the Bucks, against the Grizzlies, against the Heat. And that's the difference. I was talking with Rick Kamla of Sirius XM NBA Radio on Rush Hour last night. Look, he's not the first to say this to me, but he's like, man, I, I hate to say it to your Chicago fan base, but Bulls could absolutely be a first round exit. He's right. And I'm not saying this because of this losing streak right here. I'm saying this more so because of how stacked this Eastern Conference is. Folks, there could be a scenario where the Nets are the 8th seed with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, and who knows, maybe Ben Simmons. And then the Cavs are young and healthy. Well, not healthy, but Jared Allen got injured. That hurts a lot. Sexton too. So the Cavs will end up faltering. I hope the Bulls get the Cavs in the first round if I'm being honest. A lot of people are thinking that the Celtics are going to overcome the Bulls. Now, look, I get it. The Celtics have more playoff experience. Probably better offense in terms of the one-two punch with Jalen Brown and Tatum. And I only say that because Levine, we don't know what to expect out of him in the postseason. The defense is good for Boston, but I, the Bulls get the home court advantage. I kind of still like the Bulls a little bit, but that would be a damn good series. They're not going to beat the Bucs. They're not going to beat the Sixers. They're not going to beat the Heat. They could beat the Hornets. They could beat the Hawks. They could beat the Raptors. They could beat the Cavs. I don't know if they could beat the Nets, depending on the mandate situation. But this East is tough, and it's just unfortunate that at the time the Bulls are getting good, the East is getting great. But again, is it time to push the panic button? I don't know, man. I mean, you just got to go into it with the realization of how bad the Bulls have been as of late and how quick this turnaround has been. Now, I will say the DeRozan MVP tickets, those can be ripped up. It's over. It has been concluded. It will not be DeRozan in the top three. At least the top two right now, we know it's going to be Joel Embiid. It's going to be Nikola Jokic. I wanted it so bad. You know I did, guys. I mean, I was ranting for it left and right and it was of course out of passion and being a Bulls fan but there also was a lot of validity to it there was finally the movement people were saying on national shows players DeRozan is the MVP right now and he was during that stretch and us getting great value of 40 to 1 
That's what you got to do, those type of things, to become a successful better in the long run. Is Are they always going to hit? No. Of course not when you have long shots like that. But knowing how much better of a number we got, and at the time we did, before the movement, that's what it takes to become successful over time, getting those good numbers. It'll eventually catch up and you'll make a profit from it. We did last year with Thibodeau, 20-1 to 1 Coach of the Year, Randall, 20-1 to 1 Most Improved Player. It happens, guys. And I'll probably talk about a play like that in a couple days or on Rush Hour tomorrow more so about a futures bet that I still think could be viable. But here's the thing. Yes, DeRozan has been slacking. This team can't perform against good teams. I think, again, the reason I'm taking more so of a toll on it being getting even more pissed is because, well, it was that DeRozan ticket. But now if I'm looking at it from the angle of, all right, Man, DeRozan, the MVP candidacy is pretty much over. I mean, it's over. We're just waiting for the Bulls to get healthy now and hope you don't drop too many spots. But it's interesting because, I mean, what spot do you need him to land up? And it's going to be like a game of chess out there with this Eastern Conference. Because if the Heat are the one seed, who's going to be the AC, right? Is it going to be the Nets, Hawks, Hornets, Raptors? Like, who makes it out of the playing game? I think it's probably going to be the Nets or the Raptors. I mean, man, but the Hawks can go off at any moment. It is so tough, guys. It is so damn tough right now. But the Bulls need to take advantage of their upcoming games here. I mean, they got the Pistons on the road. God forbid if you lose. I mean, geez. The Pistons are doing pretty well right now. They ain't giving up. They're a young team ready to fight. And if Vooch ain't playing, that's a game where you need Vooch. You need him. But you can't afford to lose that game. Caruso, Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball, they're all doing non-contact participation as of this moment. We just need one of them back, please, as soon as possible. But the Bulls, I mean, we had their win total at what, 41 and a half? They're still at 39. Not looking great. Five-game losing streak. Everybody else, or they've got the worst losing streak right now in the Eastern Conference. It's been bad. The Warriors are also on a five-game losing streak. They don't have Draymond. You see how players or how teams rather are affected by key defensive guys being missed. And that's what the Bulls have been suffering. In that game against the Sixers, what did we talk about? Sixers were number one in free throw uh, free throw rate. They're like six minutes left. No, they were like eight minutes left in the second quarter. And the Sixers had already had 16 free throw attempts. They end up with 34. Only missed seven of them. Bulls actually got to the line a decent amount. Finally, that's actually a positive. They went 20-26. They out-rebounded the Sixers 48-38. 14 offensive rebounds. Sixers had just eight. Bulls had more turnovers. That was the issue. Again, Sixers had 18 points off the turnovers. Bulls beat them in fast break points 16-12. Points in the paint, you didn't get killed, 56-50. to 50. But you couldn't stop Embiid, and you had to double him, which I get it, you had to do, and then that left guys open for three, and Sixers knocked down 12 of them. You knocked down only eight. Sixers shot 49% from the floor, you shot 45%. It's just one of those things, man. When you don't have your defensive guys, your perimeter defenders in Caruso, in Lonzo Ball, it's impossible virtually to beat a team like the Sixers when you got to focus on Embiid. 
if they had their healthy team, it would be a closer game. I'm not saying they'd win, but it would absolutely be closer. DeRozan started off hot, disappeared in the second half. Levine, take a damn charge, man. What the hell is up with that with this team? I mean, at least DeRozan tried a couple times to take a charge. That's how you got to stop these big guys. I've been bitching about it with Giannis in that last game and every other time when any team... When you got Giannis, when you got Embiid, these big men are coming with a full head of steam. Even when they're doing their spin moves, slashing their elbow into your face, you stand tall, you stand stiff, let them knock you over. That's the only way you can contain them or get them to turn the ball over in the post. You are grown men. You are athletes. Take a charge. This is instilled and begged for you to do since you are in middle school. How is this not a necessary adjustment and just, I if I'm Billy Don, I'm pleading for my players to do that. You're scared to get injured? Come on. Then you got to be scared of everything else. Levine, when he took that against Embiid, just kind of, oh, and started laughing and fell back. Get that out of my face. I love you, Levine. We all do. But that's not Chicago basketball. That is not what we want to see. Embiid bullying you. You're like, I don't know if I should take a try. And then you just fall back and hit him a little bit and start laughing about it. Dude, come on. That was pathetic. Again, at least DeRozan tried. Also, I want to give a shout out really quick to Derek Jones Jr. Tony Bradley's so bad and such a liability that Derek Jones Jr. had to play the big man. And he was doing fairly well. Six rebounds, eight points. Not terrible. Four, six from the floor. Tristan Thompson even got 13 points, but he got quick fouls. Not surprised. Ayo DeSumo goes over his props. I was going to talk about that last night. I didn't play it, but we got to keep it, keep our eye on that for uh, DeSumo. Levine drops 24. DeRozan drops 23. Kobe White drops 19. Look, Kobe White dropping 19 off the bench. That's what you need. That's what you want. But you didn't get enough out of Levine. You didn't get enough out of DeRozan in the second half. I mean, that's just plain and simple. I would like to see less of Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> he only had six minutes, but even less than that. And B drops 43, embarrasses you once again. Niang went 4-7 from deep. It seemed like that guy couldn't miss. Tobias Harris slacking once again with the Harden acquisition, just eight points. But man, I mean, you gotta take a charge against these guys. You will never be good enough to stop them. You don't have the big bodies. And honestly, part of that goes into the front office. Look, Tristan Thompson is a fine player, okay? But he's just not big enough, guys. Yes, he's a powerful dude. He's only 6'9". You need a 6'11", 7-footer guy out there to just play defense. Troy Brown, or excuse me, Tony Bradley. How tall is Tony Bradley? He's like almost 7 feet, right? He's 6'10". But he's the weakest guy out there. He is. I mean, he sticks out there. I'm like watching, I think it's the Suns, right? JaVale McGee's on the side. I think JaVale McGee would have been a perfect fit for this team. Very tall, will play defense, will rebound, very lengthy. And he can score enough. You don't need him to, but he can. That's what you needed. That type of guy to try to limit a Joel Embiid, a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because those are going to be the guys at the top of the Eastern Conference at the end of the day. Yeah, the new old style of NBA playing is three-point shooting, but hey, look at the teams that are having success now. 
DeAndre Ayton's a solid big. Suns are great. Draymond Green, not even that big, but he's a big who can play very well. Warriors stink without him. They win with him. Sixers, great with a great big. Heat, great with a great big. Out of bio. Bucks, just won the championship with a great big. Nuggets, only alive because of Jokic. Lakers won because of Anthony Davis helping out LeBron. You need a big-time big player. <laughs> Nets couldn't get it done without one last year. Celtics haven't been able to get it done without one. Raptors are solid because of what Van Fleet does and the help of Siakam. Bulls have Vooch. And that's good, but it's not great. That's the difference. All those big men are great. Vooch is not great. He does not shine under the spotlight. Maybe that'll change when you get reinforcements and get help, but man, right now it's just not happening. And that's the difference. That is the difference. All right, coming up next, let's talk a little bit about Blackhawks hockey. They got a game tonight against the, who do they got? They got the Jets, right? Yeah, no, they got the Ducks. I'm, I apologize. They got the Ducks tonight. We'll see if they have a fighter's chance. They are the favorites, so it looks like they just might. But the market moving against them a little bit. I'll tell you why. Coming up next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral service can be accessed by calling one 800 gambler one 800 Okay, time to talk a little puck here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Again, I'm Danny Burke. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5. We've got a game at the United Center this evening. The Blackhawks taking on the Anaheim Ducks, and yeah, it could be a favorable matchup for Chicago, but nothing's favorable for this Blackhawks team. By the way, did you watch that Lightning game against the Hawks on Sunday? It was the funniest thing. I I was at a uh, a barn restaurant with my buddy Sunday night. We're watching the Hawks game in that Iowa Illinois thriller, and what the Hawks were up like three to one, three to two, whatever it was. I was like, ah, I should live bet you know the Lightning, right? I mean, Blackhawks will inevitably find a way to lose it. Literally looked down to just see what I'm gonna order. Go back up. It's it's a tie game. Okay, and then I think it hit like the intermission, and then I look back up, and it's like six three. It was just ridiculous how quick the Hawks blew that lead and how much better and dominant the Lightning thing was, which wasn't surprising, but it was just comical. But man, the Hawks uh, taking on an opponent that's a little bit different than the Lightning. The Ducks come into the United Center here on the verge of the playoff bubble. So yes, his game means more to them. They're 27-22-9 this season is Anaheim. The Blackhawks, well, 20-29-8. Little bit of a discrepancy here. They're 11, 11, and 5 on the road are the Ducks. Blackhawks, so 10, 15, and 4 at the UC. Ducks coming off a 3 2 win versus Sharks, and the Blackhawks have lost their last two versus Tampa Bay. And I didn't even realize this. They lost at Philly. Give me a damn break. The Flyers absolutely suck. They lost 4 to 3. Jeez. Okay, well, <laughs> previewing this game, again, Chicago opened up minus 130, Anaheim plus 110. Currently, you see this line having the Blackhawks now down to minus 121, and the Ducks plus 104. 
You've seen some attention go toward the Ducks as the underdog. Again, Blackhawks have struggled, Anaheim's a better team, and they're on the verge of still competing for the postseason. This means more to the Ducks. Total opened up at about 5.5, so you've seen some attention go to the over because now at Bet Rivers it is at 6. However, the odds are still shaded to the under minus 120. The over is plus 102. If you want to lay a puck and a half with Chicago, plus 200. Great value. Is it going to come to fruition? Probably not. If you want to take a puck and a half with Anaheim, minus 245. So they have played this season, actually, and the Hawks shut out the Ducks at home January 15th. They won 3-0. Flurry was a net for the shutout. But tonight, it will be Flurry once again, but it looks like the Ducks will be getting back their starter, John Gibson, who was 17-15-8 this season, 2.90 goals against average, 91% on his saves, one shutout on the road. Worse than at home, though. That's the difference. At home, he has a goals against average of 2.52. However, on the road, he has a goals against average of 3.24. Save percentage of over 91.5% at home, below 90.5% on the road. One shutout at home, none on the road. 9-7-3 win-loss record at home, 8-8-5 on the road. So that's your bright spot for the Blackhawks right there. Gibson coming off kind of an injury, right? Hasn't done well on the road. Blackhawks have beat him once. But you got to take it game by game, and it's hard to trust bad teams. Even more so a really bad team like the Blackhawks. I could probably understand any argument for betting one side or the other, truthfully. And you always know my stance in this Hawks team. There's one team that screws you, and you know, my thoughts are probably going to be opposite what I think. Again, if I were... Looking to bet a spot to trust the Blackhawks, this would be more toward the top of the list. But it's not a play I would anywhere be willing to financially commit with a full unit or even get out or give out, excuse me, because you just can't trust them. I mean, look, even Flurry, I mean, he's been worse at home than on the road. He's 7 12 and 3 at the United Center, 3.15 goals against average, and a save percentage of sub 90%. On the road, he's 10 8 and 1. 2.63 goals against average, save percentage of 92%. Weird type of thing, but he's better on the road. Overall this season, he's 17-20-4, 2.91 goals against average, save percentage of just about 91% with four shutouts. Also, Marc-Andre Fleur is saying he wants to stay with the Blackhawks. Dude, we love you. We wanted better for you. We hope for the best, but what are you doing? It's just kind of like, man, I you don't have to suffer here, right? You can go to a winning team. You deserve that much from everything great you've done in your career. I mean, maybe with the new direction of this front office, with the new GM, and just still some of the players you can get back and acquire, I maybe he sees a path here or he's comfortable living in Chicago. I don't know what it is. But thank you. We love you. You're doing great. And you could say, no, he's not 17, 20, and 4. That's not his fault, guys. The Blackhawks can't score for squat. They're averaging less than two and a half goals per game. But his goals against average being sub three with this team that the Blackhawks are right now and a save percentage of almost 91% and four shutouts, the guy has still got it, clearly. But does he have it tonight against the Ducks? I'm not ready to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not ready to bet on it, I guess I would say. But if you're looking for some of that sharper movement, so-called, not enough to be substantial, but a little bit has gone toward the Ducks. Again, this game means more to them. I will give you one hockey play, though. I don't want to completely, you know, uh, blue ball you out there and not give you any action. 
Although I will have a couple basketball plays on Rush Hour tonight, so be sure to check out the show, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. We'll get Sean King on there, former NFL quarterback, Nick Alberga, NHL hockey analyst. That was repetitive because I said NHL and then hockey, but NHL analyst, Aaron Renning, professional sports better, great better when it comes to basketball. So we have a loaded show. Be sure to check it out, vsin.com. Okay, but the play I am going with on the ice tonight, let's take it to Winnipeg. The Jets hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, Tampa Bay opened up about minus 175. Winnipeg about plus 150. Total opened at 6, still at 6. Juice is on the over, minus 121. Currently at Bet Rivers, minus 167. You could get Tampa Bay on the money line. Puck line, they're plus 140. Now, I'm rolling with the Lightning in this game. They've won their last 4 out of 5 games. Most recently, that 6-3 to three dub at Chicago on Sunday. And furthermore, they're looking for a season-high 5th straight road victory. Now, conversely, the Jets have lost their last two games, most recently, 4-1 versus the Rangers. Winnipeg has allowed four goals in three straight contests and at least three in each of the last 11. Tampa Bay will make you pay for that. That's evident. Tampa Bay averaging three and a half goals per game while allowing 2.75. Winnipeg averaging 2.9 goals per game, and they're allowing three, so they're allowing more than they're scoring. No bueno. Vasilevsky, you know him as one of the best goalies in the league this season. Not necessarily the best with the underlying metrics for Tampa Bay, but fantastic record of 39-4, 2.33 goals against average, save percentage of 92%, and two shutouts. On the road, a little bit worse, 14-4-1, 2.72 goals against average, and a save percentage of 91%. But he still has the advantage. Why? Well, because he's Vasilevsky and he's still one of the greats in the league right now. It's Tampa Bay Lightning, still one of the best teams in the NHL. And you're going against Connor Hellebuck, who's been solid, but the way the Jets have been playing, you can be as good as you want. It ain't going to matter. He's 18-20-9. 2.95 goals against average. Save percentage of 91%. Pretty good. Then three shutouts. One of those shutouts have come at home where he sports a record of 11-10-2. 2.84 goals against average and a save percentage of 91%. So long story short, what I'm saying is Hellebuck can only be so good. It's just his team's not good enough to help him get those dubs. And he started an NHL high 47 games in goal this season. He's not the youngest guy in the mix. It's got to be taking kind of a toll on him. He's posted a 3.71 goals against average during his current 1-4-2 stretch. It's a steep price, up to minus 165, 167 around there. Hockey's a sport. you got to be willing to lay a price if the situation is right. And this one, I do believe, is. VEASAN's NHL expert, Andy McNeil, also loves this game, which makes me love it even more. So give me the lightning on the money line. Minus 165 is where I snagged it at for my official play on the ice tonight. No playing the Blackhawks game. But we're rolling with the Lightning on the money line, minus 165, on the road against the Jets. And then, like I said, for a couple basketball plays, be sure to check out Rush Hour, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. It's always that time, folks, and you can always get it on VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio. So wherever you get your podcasts, 
If I didn't say it already, the Marquee Sports Network. And if you subscribe to VSIN, V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe, check out the daily email with our newsletter. You get a log of all the best bets from the show hosts and guests. You can also get those listed there as well. But as always, folks, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5. And always appreciate if you like and subscribe, rate the podcast. Thank you very much if you do so. If not, well, I appreciate you listening regardless. But best of luck with all your plays, everybody. We will be back on Thursday with another episode and looking forward to, well, when do the Bulls have that game against the Pistons? Is it Wednesday or is it Thursday? Let me double check really quick. Because if it's Wednesday, don't, yeah, okay. So they're playing on the road against the Pistons on Wednesday. So even though that is what is happening, I will preview the game, and I'm sure I will have plenty of bets on Rush Hour. So considering I probably won't have a show for the CityCast tomorrow, check out Rush Hour 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Appreciate it, everybody. Again, best of luck, and enjoy your Tuesday.